so it's just us today, and I'm feeling sick. So, oh no! This is like a one and a half man podcast, Chris. You're gonna have to do a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> I have been in the dojo training for this. Uh, I'm sorry <laughs> you're feeling sick. What's? Do you think I got COVID? Do you get a head cold? What's going on? I really have no idea. Um, I didn't run my humidifier last night, which was a huge mistake. And mm. I woke up this morning with uh, really, really congested sinuses. And like normally, if I have congested sinuses. I just hit him with some Afrin, and then uh-huh. I give myself sinus massages all day so I don't have to rely on the Afrin. And today, like, nothing was fixing them. Like, my right sinus is still, like, 75% shut right now with Afrin and Claritin, and oh I've God. been pounding water all fucking day. <laughs> so if I sound a little bit different, that's just, this <laughs> is just how I sound when I'm not feeling 100%. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually fun. I feel like your voice sounds like a little bit more like a radio voice because it's like a little deeper sounding. Yeah. So, uh, depending on what, you, if you were like narrating the Twilight Zone, I feel like they'd be like, John, great job. Can you sound like this all the time? Yeah, yeah. Uh, car crash, horn honk sound, clown song. Welcome to WGRD, home of free beer and hot wings in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Dragon starts playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shout out to free beer and hot wings. I was in a manufacturing facility just this last week. Uh, at 4.30 in the morning. No, okay, 5.30 in the morning, my bad. 5.30 in the morning. And I'm there, and Free Beer and Hot Wings is coming down over the speakers. And I I have to think, like, these guys have been on the radio since I was a teenager. They must all be in their 50s now. So I look up a photo of them, and it's, yeah, it's a bunch of guys in their 50s and one lady uh-huh. sitting around doing what we do, except they've been doing it since I was a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's just like a daily, like, early morning, uh, like drive time radio show and they just sit yeah. there and like riff for hours yeah yeah it's um it's grand rapids area and it's uh i guess it's syndicated to like a ton of other stations across the country as well mm-hmm. uh, and i remember listening to it and they always joked about i forget if they got their start in north dakota or minnesota okay. or something <laughs> like that but they were like we really hit it big when we got to grand rapids <laughs> and i was like you must be the in the only industry where that's a real statement that you can <laughs> yeah, say honestly <laughs> to another human being <laughs> i just gonna say the same thing the idea that it's like then things really hit a stride when i got to the bustling metropolis of grand rapids yeah i i love you know industries where west michigan is crushing the competition syndicated drive time radio mm-hmm. handcrafted furniture <laughs> i was gonna I say cars but that's else. really just east michigan yeah you know. no east Mi- see that's the thing people think west michigan is like at all related to that and it kind of is but like we have a lot of auto glass facilities we uh-huh. don't really make the cars though we're like you need glass <laughs> for your car we're dutch yeah. so we can help you know <laughs> amish furniture they got a lot of that that's all yeah. over but yeah the football and uh cars is like southeast michigan mm-hmm. and then everything else is just uh like you got cherries way upstate in traverse city that's a good oh yeah one. and fudge fudge you go yeah, way up there to Island. get the fudge that's a famous line in escanaba in the moonlight when his dad <laughs> is like do them fudge suckers coming across the bridge <laughs> fudge suckers are people from Mackinac Island or just yeah, people well, from Michigan people coming up for the Mackinac fudge right what right, they really right. are is trolls because they live under the bridge uh, okay <laughs> uh, I, I'm just seeing that free beer and hot wings is from 4 to 9 a.m. so that's really it's like yes how do you fill five hours every weekday that's that's like 20 hours a week right that's yeah. like You know, ostensibly, they show up before the show starts and do prep work and then hang around after and get notes from their, like, producer or the (laughs) corporate board or, like, I don't even know who would oversee 
the most popular drive time morning radio show in the greater Great Lakes region. (laughs) (laughs) There's probably some equivalent that's kind of like a production company for movies. There's probably like some kind of radio production companies that sort of like produce and like sell these shows. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy to think about like a part time job's worth of like riffing. It's like, I mean, obviously, I'm sure it's a full time job when you factor in, like you said, getting there early and like prepping and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But then every day it's like, whiling away the hours by being like, what's a news story we can bring you at 5 a.m.? Well, that's like what primed me to do this show was that every morning, like I would wake up and at, you know, six o'clock or whatever I was getting up for school, my alarm sound was that the Free Beer and Hot Wings show would just kick on okay. or some random alternative rock song would kick on. And then after it ended, the Free Beer and Hot Wings show would resume. So like, for me, it's just second nature. Like you wake up, you better be riffing. You better be like <laughs> making blue jokes and trying to get your friend to say something dumb on the air and then doing an ad read for uh, the Beltline Bar. Come on down to the Beltline Bar. We promise it's very good Mexican food. I don't know why it's called the Beltline Bar. <laughs> <laughs> so is it like, do they do any kind of like new, I guess it's a morning show. So is it kind of like the equivalent of like the Today Show or something where it's like, quote-unquote human interest stories and like nonsense and then whatever like story you can find on a news wire that's like this is funny a guy Mm -hmm. fought a seagull after it took a shit in his hot dog or something i'm I'm sure i cover a good portion of the same stories that they cover on that show like when we covered on the last bonus episode those people who stole the 200 foot radio tower (laughs) i guarantee free beer and hot wings were all over that like what if he put it up his ass (laughs) (laughs) yeah because <laughs> it's very garden variety. I mean, like when you've been doing riffs since the eighties, y- your riffs ha- cannot still be good. <laughs> like uh, that's yeah. one thing I noticed about listening to the show was mm. like this is exactly the same show it was in two thousand and three when I started to take an interest in like how to crack a joke properly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it could go one of two ways. It's like your your craft could get so honed that you're like. Michael Jordan at the end of his career, like shooting, you've just spent so many hours practicing it that it comes naturally. Or you've just like run out of any like reasonably interesting jokes to make. And you're just kind of like, all I really have to do is like say foot, like poop, Mm -hmm. fart, butt, like dick, whatever. And then some other thing that sounds like a joke and then people will laugh. Well, it's just like, it, if I remember correctly, the show had, the, welcome to Beep Beep Lettuce, by the way, your number one free oh, beer you. and hot wings in the morning show commentary podcast. Our West <laughs> Michigan listeners are going ape shit right now. Shout out to Garrett. I know you're, I know you're listening. Um, but yeah, they always had kind of like a MXC, most extreme elimination okay. kind of vibe to their banter too. So it's like very like, oh, over back to you, you know, free beer and, and uh, producer Zane, I don't think he's with the show anymore, but uh-huh. old heads who listen to the show will remember producer Zane. I think he had some kind of cancelable scandal. I'm not sure how all of this went down, actually. I lived in Pittsburgh for 10 years. It's not yeah, on the yeah. air there. So. <laughs> you can't listen to it. You <laughs> yeah. weren't ca- stay- staying caught up with the podcast? I did not log on to WGRD.com every morning from 4 to 10 in the morning <laughs> or whatever to listen to the Free Beer and Hot Wings show. <laughs> you can go to freebeerandhotwings.com. I'm checking it out now. They got a podcast. They got... There was something called... Uh, what was it called? Uh today's idiot content that hasn't been updated since 2021 but a live webcam of the show it looks like has been updating there's one from today the webcam feed so i assume you could just like watch oh what this content is for fancy idiots only become an idiot today do they have like their own version of patreon just on their website well if you were a legacy radio broadcast tv show would you 
launch a Patreon or would you hire a web developer to set up your own <laughs> website that takes donations so that you didn't have to pay the guy from Pomplamoose a cut every time you got your <laughs> monthly payout? <laughs> They've probably been doing this for like a really long time too because it's like yeah. radio, I mean, especially like public radio is like at the top of that grift of just like every so often they're like, hey, we're going to beg for money. Give us money so we can mm-hmm. keep making this because it's public. And then you get a tote bag maybe. And it's like one of those things where once you get old enough and like understand how like media and the government works and you're like wait a minute like this is funded by the government some but they also will just do like this show is brought to you by like Mm -hmm. x gas company and it's like i guess there's some fcc rules about like why that isn't an advertisement but it's like it functionally is if like on npr or pbs or whatever they're like this was made possible by a contribution from like this or that fund just because they don't like roll a scripted ad during the episode or during the radio show it's like a company is still paying you to produce the show. So then why do we also have to pay for it? It's the whole industry of these like tastemaker channels, which were like a big deal in the 90s and the 2000s. Like WGRD was our local alternative rock station. You know, 97.9 WGRD, the only station that's going to play Alice in Chains and, and, you (laughs) know, Soundgarden. And, uh, you know, they played grunge. They played like a lot of alternative stuff. But also like they were the big pay to play uh, station in the area, right? Like when that big pay to play, mm-hmm. the Elliot Spitzer EMI scandal happened in New York and oh, that yeah. Gorillaz album. And I think it, there was a Franz Ferdinand album and a couple of other albums that got really like popular out of nowhere were named in this lawsuit that was like EMI paid radio stations across oh. America to give their uh, artists more airtime. And that really wounded me when I found that out because to me, especially Gorillaz, is like bedrock, foundational to like my cultural artistic personality. Like my buddy had the original self-titled on CD and I burned it from him. And then I stole Demon Days off of Napster. Like that was how in it I was (laughs) from Gate. And like to have that revealed to me is like, oh, everything in your life is a lie, John. Anyway, I hope you sleep okay. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your record. I forgot that's what Elliot Spitzer was doing. That was when he was like the attorney general before he got... uh... He had to resign for sleeping with a sex worker, right? Yeah, Something I don't like remember what Spitzer had to resign for, but it was some kind of disgrace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think at the time my girlfriend lived in New York State. So it was like she knew it was like he was, was he like the governor maybe? He was like a, a lawyer and then became the governor and then had to resign because he was like in some kind of sex scandal. I don't know. I'm going to Elliot Spitzer's webpage right now because that's kind of interesting to have him like call out EMI in this big case and then turn around and just be like destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, tenure overview. Oh, yeah. uh, loan investigation a- controversy. Then he runs for governor. Governor of New York. Yep, yep, yep. Roadblocks. Terif- My God, this is a long fucking. Yeah. There's a whole article just about the prostitution scandal. It was like Oh. He he got caught on a federal wiretap about his involvement. Okay. Um, and I forget, and he also I, got caught using the state police for surveillance. That was called Troopergate. Right, yeah, there was that. And like I think he when he like he might have like paid with public money for the sex workers or like I forget why. Uh, okay. Or maybe just that it was illegal. I don't know why exactly he uh had to resign. But interesting. You sense. guys have all kinds of baddie shit going on in fucking new york it's like true people talk a lot of shit about florida and texas and like podunk states like arkansas where crazy shit happens but like really nobody can touch new york sometimes (laughs) i i was drug shopping on the internet which is a thing i do from time to time so i'm on chems.ca which if you live in north america this is the 
single most, it's not even close, the single most reliable way to get your uh, gray market tryptamines through the clear web. Nice, and nice. so I'm, they, they emailed me. They're like, hey, we're running a sale because our prices are going to go up next month uh, and we're changing around our inventory. And, you know, they're like a real fucking uh, outfit, basically. Nice. And uh, they had this thing for sale. It was a, a rare and exotic tryptamine called DPT. Okay. And I'm like, DPT, I literally, that's a, you know, I've heard of most drugs, but I've literally never heard of that one. And so I Google DPT drug and I'm like, oh, okay, blah, blah, blah. It's a psychedelic entheogen. It's, you know, kind of what I expected based on it being sold on this website. And then I get to religious use. DPT is used as a religious sacrament by the Temple of the True Inner Light, a New York City offshoot of the Native <laughs> American Church. Wow, that's the awesome. Temple, the Temple believes DPT and other entheogens are physical manifestations of God. So I went to their website, which is psychde.tripod.com because they are living in the web 1.0 tripod.com <laughs> oh my god this is lycos that's like a really old like hosting service right yeah. like yeah yeah and that's when you amazing. load the page the first thing that it says under their name and their logo is note these pages use specialized fonts if you do not have these fonts <laughs> the pages may display incorrectly and then they try to get you to download the fonts <laughs> they have a zip file oh my god i love it does it still work i love when you go to a really old website and it just like still works let's see can i download oh, it yeah. Yeah, yeah i just don't downloaded zaf chancery and hansa.zip yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is our temple flyer oh yeah well, this is like literally just like you could like maybe their CSS. It kind of looks like the CSS is like make the background oh, yeah. custard Hold yellow. On. I'm going to inspect element. I'm There's probably like use... three pieces of code here. <laughs> I'm going to use my web dev. Yeah, it's uh, it looks like it's plain HTML. It doesn't even. No, they've written the CSS into the HTML. So there's no connected style sheet or anything. Uh -huh. This is a plain HTML document from probably 20 years ago. And if you yeah. click through <laughs> some of the links, it's like, it's very, very odd. Um, WordPerfect 9? Wow, what is, <laughs> how old is WordPerfect 9? Click on uh, Flesh of God. <laughs> uh, oh, here, Flesh of God. Where does that go? God's Flesh. Flesh. Oh, nice. <laughs> Oh, this one has a different color. They're nice. just like uh, URL.com slash flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Psyched.tripod.com slash flesh. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> when the Aztecs, a nomadic and primitive group, arrived in the Mexican Valley, the Nahuas were already there. The last of the Toltec civilization, the Nahuas, were much more advanced than the Aztecs and had a religion <laughs> based on the spiritual values of Quetzalcoatl. A Spaniard, Sahagan, who studied the Mexican culture in the 16th century, had this to say regarding the Toltecs, quote, they had great experience and knowledge. They knew the quality and virtues of the herbs, and they left marked and known those that nowadays are used for healing, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then they also had a religious belief in psilocybin mushrooms. The word for them was Tiananacatl, which meant God's flesh. Huh. And if you click around on this website, this is maybe one of the least schizo things on here. Mm -hmm. If you click through to writings and scriptures, there's there's a suicide section under all the different religions. And if you click through that, there's actually two different things linked, um, though they appear to be in one link, kind of. And then there's original 
serpent and crucifixion literature. I mean, like, I guess this is kind of the website I would make if I ordered rare entheogens <laughs> off the internet and then I claimed to the government that I was using them spiritually so I could set up a base of operations in New York City to publicly use these drugs. But yeah. still, this seems weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just looking up where it is. This is some prime real estate. They're at 225 Central Park West. So they're right across the street from Central Park at like Upper West Side, like 85th Street or so. Uh, Whoa. Real nice area. It's like, it It looks like it's just, it looks like a big, like really old brick apartment building. <laughs> and then at the front, I assume this is the entrance. There's just like some kind of column looking thing a couple columns by like a sort of gold door but very unassuming looking like right people probably like walk by all the time and don't know what it is they have an office in the alden which i guess is the name of like the big ass building okay yeah, yeah so that year that i was on tour and i was in central park on acid trying to find a safe place to smoke weed uh-huh. it turns out i should have just gone across the street <laughs> and asked these guys what was up so <laughs> yeah you should have used a, re- a religious exemption and be like please can i enter i want to join your religion and smoke some weed of course like that's the thing is like you kind of want to smoke weed with your friends you don't necessarily want to smoke weed with a 65 year old man who's going to lecture you on like the hindu scriptures surrounding cannabinoids or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah it looks like i don't know if this is like where the church is uh that it's like what came up when i googled it it's in something called the like edelman building which i assume is just like a big really old uh apartment building and probably has some offices on the upper west side so they've probably been here for a long time i wonder if they like own that real estate or like get like cheap real estate taxes for being a religious organization or something. I don't know how that works exactly, but probably some kind of scam being run where they're paying like $10 a month in rent and just high off their minds on the LSD all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you go to their website, it says that they or rather their, their Wikipedia, it does not give a date that they were founded. And I don't think I clicked around on their website enough to know. Yeah. The Wikipedia is very scant for like a, like for someone who has an office or like a, like a church by Central Park, you would think people would want to know more info about it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Well, very interesting. That was just something I happened across on the internet recently. And since DPT is their Eucharist, that's, I don't know if I mentioned that part. So this rare entheogen is literally their sacrament. They're like this one. Oh, they have to have it every time they do a service. Wow. Yeah. So they, they administer DPT during the service to everybody. I'm going to order some of this stuff. It's on <laughs> sale right now. Everything else from chemca.ca ships just fine. I'm going to order some of this and find out what the deal is. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> I googled the 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 effects and it was like it's a highly visual but extremely clear-headed drug and I'm like, "What does that mean?" Highly visual but clear-headed? Yeah. So like the head high isn't confusing, but you're going to see a lot of shit. So, so it's like if you had to focus on something real, you could just be like, okay, ignore the swirling shit. I'm going to do my taxes or something. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, my mother-in-law is coming over for dinner, so <laughs> I just need to be able to focus, <laughs> see through the geometric patterns and the holy geometry of Allah into this dirty pan that I need to scrub in this sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before moving on to, I think it's worth noting that it says they're an offshoot of the Native American church, which I had heard of before because they had gotten the special exemption from the federal government to be allowed to use mescaline Uh during their ceremonies but this temple of the true inner light it kind of seems like they were just like oh you guys are allowed to use drugs what if i was religious too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like anything that was founded before like i don't know 1990 2000 
That's mm-hmm. like, we have a connection to Native Americans. Like, we are, some of us are Native American and we're starting a religious movement. It's like, there could just be like 50 like wasps there. And like, right. just one of them has brown hair. And the government was like, brown hair, you're tan. Okay. You're a, <laughs> you're 100% Native American. This all, well, this all passes muster. I mean, it's a really horrifying thing, but there is a long history of fake native american white people pretending to be native americans trying to infiltrate these spaces for perceived (laughs) you know prestige or because they just you know have a fixation on the culture or or whatever (laughs) who fucking knows man yeah yeah. i think we i've talked about it on the show before that there was a on star trek voyager they wanted to have like a native american main character uh for the first time on the show and so they Mm -hmm. hired a guy as like a consultant about like how do we depict native american culture whatever and it's like that guy it turned out was a well-known fraudster who was just a white guy who like made up a native american sounding name and like a whole backstory about himself being native american and they like didn't realize this until after making the show so it's like it's kind of interesting to go back and watch it because it's like on the one hand it's like it's there's something so like forward thinking and like wholesome about being like we just want to be like in the future native americans will be around they will still like have preserved their culture and their like right. religious practices. Everyone will respect it. But then it's just like the practices all feel like very hokey. It's, it's like <laughs> spirit animals, well, pan flutes, like that yeah. kind of, it's, it's like a white person's idea of native American spirituality. Cause there was well, not actually anyone involved. And also how like star Trek at any point in its development, how very Gene Roddenberry to have an incredibly heartfelt idea and then just utterly trip over your own fucking shoelaces in the execution. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's like, that's like the whole thesis of star Trek. And like one of the reasons why I hate the tired eighties argument about like Trek, star Trek or star Wars, but like, I will give the star Wars people credit. George Lucas is like a weird perfectionist. Those movies yeah. are visually stunning. They're just like not that fucking interesting from a narrative point of view. Yeah. But Star Trek is like constantly hitting you with interesting shit. You just have to get over the fact that it's basically like a glammed up high school production of whatever you've decided to watch this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I and mean, that's something that's like very charming about it. And it's like, I feel like when people try to make like newer Star Trek shows or like movies, it's like they kind of forget that Star mm-hmm. Trek should be like, Imagine you had no budget and it's like the aliens yes. and the sets and whatever was all like, okay, this looks like a pretty good like high school set or like high school play costume or whatever. Like well, it's good. People know, know what they're doing and have good ideas. They have barely any money or time to do it. And then for the most part, like take itself seriously and just mm-hmm. like not care that you can see like makeup falling off people's faces or whatever. And well, then just be like, we're going to live in this world and try to tell this story. It's interesting because it's like you see people have this recognition that things that are rough around the edges can be really incredible. Like you see the, the fan base for uh, David Lynch is a great example of this yeah. because his work is incredibly rough. A lot of his costumes don't make any fucking sense. His sets are weird. His, mm-hmm. He shoots on these weird low fidelity handheld cameras half the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like he's just an odd dude who makes like really <laughs> low rent choices sometimes mm-hmm. and everybody loves it. But then like the second that that weird sheen of like, millions and millions of dollars of like you know disney or warner brothers money hasn't like touched this project they suddenly don't want to give it the time of day anymore unless it has like an already respected like genius auteur behind it and i think that that's like why you see people dissatisfied with like indie games and indie animation and indie movies and Mm. stuff so much is because they think that's supposed to be the alternative that's where we go to find something that's heartfelt and thoughtful might be a little low rent but it's still charming or interesting but it's like 
I don't know. I think you just need to let more people have a shot <laughs> at making whatever fucking weird thing is in their head. Cause like, even with David Lynch, like, you know, his earliest stuff is his best stuff mm-hmm. when he was like scraping that shit together. Like same thing with Beck, like after Beck won a Grammy, I don't really give a shit if he releases more music <laughs> or not. I'm just going to keep listening to mellow gold dog. That record's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, David Lynch did uh like, I guess his, it's his most recent project now is Twin Peaks season three. Mm-hmm. And that show had a lot of uh, CGI that is like from a like realism standpoint or like a, uh, I don't know, like suspension of disbelief. Like it'll be CGI stuff that does not really, it just like somebody's head pops off and like floats or like suddenly disappears <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's and on it's, like a level with Donnie looking. Darko a little bit. Like. Kind of, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just also, it's like done with intentionality and it's sort of clear that like, it's not trying to like look photorealistic. I mean, it's like, it would be weird if it did because the whole concept right. of the show is like surreal, dreamlike stuff happening. And so it's like, I feel like it almost, I don't know, it's like, the kind of stuff that people will look back on and find more charming maybe about like shitty CGI of the day. I was like, Oh, it like struggled to like depict this or that type well, of that's image. Like, that's the famous Brian Eno quote mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. he talks about like, you know, the record, the scratchiness of a record or the skipping of a CD or the, the weird distortion of a VCR tape, <clears throat> VHS tape, you know, whatever you find annoying about a medium now is what you'll remember fondly about it in the mm-hmm. future. And yeah. that's like, I think he even related it to like the over driven sound of a guitar being yeah. played through basically a broken speaker or this, uh, a blues singer who is singing way beyond the capacity of their voice and developing all this crazy distortion because of the, the emotion that they're putting into it. Those are the hallmarks of things when we look back on them. And so like, it's so important when you see a new technology, like AI is a great example of this. Mm. Like people aren't going to remember really good AI. They're going to remember <laughs> the AI that looked fucked up, man, that like gave them a <laughs> weird head trip, you know? That's a good point. Yeah. It's like the very specific like aesthetic of shitty AI with like, it's hard to even like put your finger on. I mean, cause there's like the obvious stuff that is wrong. Like the hands will look fucked up or yeah. sometimes there's just like stuff like floating or you like look closer and like, objects don't make sense but there's also this kind of like it it almost feels like if your like eyes were blurry and you were just like flipping through like a stock photo catalog because that's like kind of what it is it's just like a bunch of like like you know chaff like stock photos and free to use images and like google image results for like man standing it's just all of that stuff like melted together so it's kind of like if you blur your eyes, you're like, I've seen all 10 of these images before in a meme or something. Yeah. And just like, here's a new version of it. Well, that's like somebody shared recently. I think it was Boringstein, the homie on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. and former guest of the show, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think they've been on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Boringstein's been on. Shouts out. Uh, but like retweeted this AI generated video because like one of these companies just announced that their new text to video thing is ready. And it was like a beautiful scene in Japan and people are walking and pedals are falling and like you look at the video and it's like yeah it's kind of got the outline right and it's got the bridges and it looks like a city in maybe like rural northern japan or something and then you look at the city buildings in the background and they're all big box stores and like (laughs) weird american style apartment complexes with like Amer- North American, you know, deciduous trees growing around them. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why is Nagasaki in St. Louis? 
<laughs> you know, like why yeah. this doesn't make it. There's no place in Japan that looks like that. I fucking guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that is like one of the hallmarks of a lot of AI. I mean, like it's the idea of making video, like videos with AI is even more crazy than still images. But like a lot of still images with AI, it's like it's at a level where if you scroll by it passively, you're like, oh, yeah, that's an image of whatever. And then you look closer and you're like, Ugh, there's something like creepily wrong about everything and mm-hmm. you can just sort of like I, it's like the weird thing about ai art is that it like makes you realize you can like see a human soul in almost all human made art no matter how <laughs> like you know corporate or you know just done for a paycheck or whatever or like, or, you could... or, or just random drunk oca- drunk octopus wants to fight is the yeah. classic <laughs> example every time i see that coat hanger in a bed bath and beyond or whatever i'm like drunk octopus wants to fight (laughs) i don't think i know this one is it like a brand of it's 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 literally just a coat hanger Um, oh i see yeah yeah it's a really standard (laughs) coat hanger but it looks like an octopus whose eyes are fucked up yeah and i mean like it speaks to our ability like if i see a a flower in a certain shape i might Mm -hmm. look at it and just be like that's a fucking person you know it looks like it has a mouth (laughs) it's smiling at me you know yeah that is true this is like not even it's just a functional object but it still is like created to have a purpose and like look a certain way and ai art it's not even really there. It's like, it's just this weird amalgamation. And it's like, when it is done, like, I don't, I don't know if it'll reach a point where you could be like, confused, like pass a Turing test, like confuse it for a human drawn <laughs> thing. Maybe for something really simple. I feel like if it was just like, make me a watercolor of a tree and like you trained it enough to get rid of all like the weird aspects or whatever, then it's or, like, yeah. Or if it was just like realism on a relative, like give me the flag of Japan. Yeah, it could probably do that. Yeah, it could probably give me a 100% perfect, indistinguishable from the PNG flag Mm -hmm. of Japan. But what fucking good does that do us? Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because the the best it can do, if it does that, it's probably because it literally just copied that and was like, this is the flag of Japan. Right. And it showed it to me. Like, it, uh, I mean, maybe it would do some kind of equivalent of like changing your homework so the teacher doesn't know you copied or whatever. But (laughs) yeah, I don't know. There's just like, it's, there's no way to like get rid of the, the the empty horror of it just being made by an algorithm and not a human well there is an issue that i don't think that ai is going to be able to help us with and that's why i think it has fascinated twitter so much recently have you seen the post going around where there's like a weird little alcove at the bottom of a staircase yes people are like what would you do with this space and everyone's posted things in it you know the depressed male living situation has been posted in there. Okay. The Indiana Jones totem thing that he switches for a sack of, of dirt has been posted in there. Um, everything. But it's just like, you know, one, I think that's a quite obviously meant to be a pantry. You know, I think the okay. kitchen is probably behind you. But two, uh, maybe, yeah. like, what is this human urge to see a funny little space in a house and be like, what could I get up to in there? You know, like where those balconies <laughs> over the front door of a house with no like ladder or anything. And guys will post on Twitter like, oh, I'm gaming up here. And they brought up like a TV and a couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite one I saw of this is like, they put like the chain chomp gate and then Mario comes to like free the chain chomp and get the star <laughs> from Mario 64. Um, yeah, it was like, this felt like a trend because there was also that one where it was like a weird landing that was above the door and it was like, what would you put up here? And a lot of people <laughs> put like chess from Ocarina of Time. That one was more weird because it was like, didn't look easily accessible. Right. Like this one at least is like by a flight of stairs and you can just like go into the little alcove. That yeah. one was just like, they put floor panels like on the like thing above the door and it's like, you couldn't really get up there unless you had a ladder. So why is it even like, 
decorated like you could? Yeah, the guy on Twitter that I saw who was like, I'd be gaming up here, had installed a ladder next to the front nice. door. He was <laughs> like, I'm I'm not wasting that floor space. I'm just climbing up there. But to me, the more the less obvious solution would be to install a rickety ass rope bridge yeah. from another portion of the second floor that leads over there. So then not only do you have a way to get there, but you have a statement piece as people walk in the front door. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah and you're like oh it just came like that there was a rope ladder i don't know why the uh previous owners put that there that's like my house we bought this fucking house it has everything we want it's in really great condition but the upstairs bathroom has a giant fuck off sliding wooden door on it <laughs> what like, the fuck the kind of wooden door that you would put on a barn or yeah, like yeah. a statement room in your house like the man cave or like mm-hmm. the the dining room or something you know something where you're like welcome to the space but it leads to the upstairs bathroom the smaller bathroom has the (laughs) fancy door (laughs) maybe one of them was just like i want to learn to like do carpentry and their their project they landed on was make a big sliding door and they were just like let's put us on the room we care about the least the small bathroom that no one cares about hell yeah i mean i love it i love shitting behind a gigantic wooden door it makes me feel like i'm shitting in my fortress of solitude (laughs) like sometimes i just like i'll be extra high or something and i'll reflect on the inanity of it and i'm like why is this here (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's when you like are when you own a house too and it's just like this could just be here for decades if we don't change it and i don't know if i want to so it's just like somebody's insane choice yeah, somebody's affect, insane like, the rest of my life that I'm like kind of attached to now that I yeah, kind yeah. of like. And I remember like it made an impression on me when I was looking at the house the first time I walked upstairs and I was like, who did this? <laughs> was this house designed by the kids in the hall? Like <laughs> what merry band of pranksters installed a sliding <laughs> wooden door on my shit box? But <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be a good is. thing to use on this space. Just put like a huge wooden door that covers it up and then you could like slide it open and you know, hide treasures inside or something. Uh, it is also funny. Like, I feel like I'm noticing this more and more that when I see any kind of like engagement bait posts like this, where it's just like, what would you do with this space? The account is a, seems like some kind of bot, like spam account. It's called wise connector has a blue check. Yep. The bio says follow for relatable, engaging and interactive posts. All subscribers <laughs> get a follow back and free Twitter growth guide, twenty six ninety nine. Oh, I can't wait for my free Twitter growth guide. <laughs> <laughs> so not only are these bots fucking infesting the waters, they're also selling scams to teach you how to make your own bots to infest the waters and sell scams. They're gray gooing Twitter is what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like looking through, it looks like basically all of his posts are he's like re, he's like retweeting himself just to get like you know juice the algorithm, juice mm-hmm. the engagement. Hey, and I it's do just that. Like. It's just really basic, like, I don't even, what would you call this stuff? You're fat, it's like the kind of stuff you used to see on Facebook where it was like fake radio stations would post really obvious, like, engagement bait. Right, it's right. It's just like, your FBI name is special agent plus the last thing you ate. <laughs> uh, some people aren't ready for what's good for them. It's the kind of stuff that you would find on bumper stickers in, like, yeah. the 80s or something. Well, and like, it's also like, as you say, like, it's this weird mix of like engagement farming, but also like fishing and also outright scamming and also yeah. like weird data tracking and also like weird automated AI stuff. Like, it kind of seems like a bunch of tech bros around the world are just kind of throwing everything they can think of against the Twitter API and seeing what sticks. I think I've seen the same thread about Pixar's The Incredibles and all of what? the clever things in it posted Why does by that like keep nine popping different up? accounts. Are they just copy-pasting it and like reposting it? I don't understand what like the idea is. It's just I, like, 
People I don't like- know. I think they've they've created chatbots that are just like set up to trawl for like BuzzFeed listicles or whatever and collect data. Yeah. And whatever kind of algorithm neural network thing they're working with has decided that The Incredibles happens to be a pretty digestible thread that gets traction. So they just yeah, keep yeah. fucking posting it. <laughs> yeah, because it's like all these like any kind of like engagement farming blue check type account like this. It's like when you click the replies. As far as I can tell, it doesn't feel like any real humans are are there. Like I saw one the other day where it was like, I think the account's called like History in Vids or something, Historic yeah. Vids, and they posted like an old Tom and Jerry cartoon. So it's like, makes sense. Just like post a clip of an old cartoon. It's like a way to post something and get engagement. And I felt like almost every reply was like <laughs> some very bot sounding version of old cartoons were so cool. And then it would just yeah, be yeah. like another clip of Tom. So it's like, you, you don't even have people like riffing on the original tweet in the replies it's just like i'm trying to post my own version of this tweet or i'm just posting some nonsense and it's just like i think it's just bots all the way down i was reading something about the like ad impressions from different social media sites on uh the super bowl and something like 76 percent of the like impressions on ads on on twitter were from bots so it's just like most of the traffic of the website is bots now i think really I mean that's a, that's fucking astounding. Yeah, um, that's what it feels like. I mean, if you look at like average posts, oh, you're yeah. like, there's no humans here. No, I mean, you literally have to follow your friends. You have to go to your friends and yeah. actively look at who they interact with, and be like, okay, that's a real person. I'm gonna follow that. Like, I just found somebody recently who was like, they had a um, a DJ Rashad album as their uh, profile pic, and nice. their screen name said something about leftism, and I was like, footwork plus leftism followed please nice. don't be a fucking bot and they weren't <laughs> thank goodness so i think there are still things out there that you can see but it has to be like somebody expressing a niche interest like the chat bots are not gonna pick up on footwork and juke and chicago house music yeah. and all of that like that's just not part of their lexicon but they are gonna pick up on the incredibles and frozen and you know whatever happened on the i don't know the big reality tv show right now but whatever happened on that mm-hmm. will the bachelor getting, still i think i think they're still making that somehow i think they're still doing survivor too i remember yeah, yeah. we just found out that recently that survivor produces like an astounding number of people in government apparently. oh yeah <laughs> that's the classic way is like if you can't go to an ivy link school just get on survivor and then you'll end up being a public lawyer soon enough that's so wild and i mean when you're on survivor you're not even paying to be there you have a chance to win money so honestly i don't feel bad about not going to school i just feel bad about not enrolling to be on survivor and i had the <laughs> chance that show came out when i was in high school yeah yeah you can you know? get on it now i probably a little i don't know it's like they, do they maybe still want people in their 20s nah, they probably. probably screen you they're like he's a communist he'll never hold public office next yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna work uh yeah, I, I did. I just looked up the uh, a Mashable article about the like Super Bowl ads. So there's some firm called CHEQ, a leading cybersecurity firm that tracks bots and fake users. Okay. And according to them, a whopping 75.85% of traffic from X to its advertising clients' websites during the weekend of the Super Bowl was fake. So really? just not even one quarter of people like clicking. And I, I assume it just means like Super Bowl ads that were like like yeah. tie-ins where it was like related to the ad on tv or like find the rest of the story or whatever right three so, quarters of them were just bots clicking the ads so bots are three times more active than people 
at hopping on trends right now. So honestly, yeah. if you're a weird fucking dork loser who's always had contrarian opinions and has never liked the dominant cultural attitudes towards things, not in a weird right wing way, just like in a cool artsy fartsy way. Yeah. Um, this is your time, man, because you are going to be identifiable as a human being online, much the same way that I've kept my hair long since I was 16 as a way to instantly identify me as not a cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Why don't cops ever have long hair? I feel like if they're, they wanted to be undercover and blend in, it would. Uh, they just can't do it. They're, they're not allowed. Yeah, they're, they're not allowed. And, you know, that would be an amazing amount of commitment from a cop to go undercover, to grow their hair out for six months to a year. Plus, also, like, growing your hair, you have to learn how to take care of your hair i didn't know how to fucking like have a brushing routine i didn't understand conditioners at all i was using two in one you know it's been a long (laughs) learning curve i got the fucking fancy shit the jamaican guys use with the argan oil now that shit is amazing it will stain your tub bright yellow but it rocks and it works great argan oil is lovely (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah the uh ceo of this uh cybersecurity company he says i've never seen anything even remotely remotely close to 50 percent not to mention 76% uh, about regarding X's fake traffic data. I'm amazed. I've never, ever, ever, ever seen anything even remotely close. Wow. Four think, evers. Yeah. I think there was some like tweet about this. I just saw a screenshot of it where someone posted this article and Elon's reply was like, tweeter's name here. You're an idiot. Like no <laughs> rebuttal or anything. He's just like, hey, you're dumb for thinking this article is correct. Well, I mean, that's the only thing you can do. And probably, you know, not to give Elon any credit, but that's like the correct move when you're confronted with having obviously been, you know, just juicing the numbers on everything on your app for a long time. It's just like, hey, uh, this is all fucking fake. You're obviously scamming us. What else are you going to do but be like, "Uh, you're an idiot. You suck. You have small (laughs) PP. 1v1 me. Yeah, owned moron. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'll headshot, no scope you. Um, I lost my Xbox Live login, though, so we can't do it right now. (laughs) Um, My Xbox gamer tag goes to another school. It's in Canada. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's still, I mean, I think this this joke has been made. It's going to be made until Twitter finally collapses. But like when Elon Musk was taking over Twitter, his big thing was like, we need to fix the bots. There are too many bots. And it turns out that if you fire everyone who works on the company, then there will just be more bots because it's hard to keep get rid of them. It's like Trump's whole thing was drain the swamp. He's like, let's get rid of all these corrupt people in Washington. It's like my brother in Christ, you are the swamp of corporate (laughs) influence from which the corruption in Washington primarily comes. Like, you know, not that he's any better than any fucking Democrat or worse necessarily, but just like that it was, you know, coming out and saying the most moronic thing seems to be the recipe for success right now and that is you know, true. if you're a yeah. big enough fucking idiot to ride that wave then i i guess that's the wave that you ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah well speaking of notable fucking idiots speaking of incredibly prominent guys who constantly make baffling decisions your mayor chris oh, eric adams <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me <laughs> uh we have a tweet from melanie de arigo de arigo i don't know how to say your last name melanie i'm sorry It says Mayor Eric Adams cut an additional $100 million from education this year, but somehow found money for the NYPT, rather, the NYPD to promote themselves with a dance team. And have you seen this video of the NYPD dance team? I have actually not watched it. I've seen it going around Twitter where people are like, please tell me this is fake or a joke or something. (laughs) I mean, click it. it. You don't need the music. Uh, Just get yourself a little eyeful of this because, you know... I wanted to give these ladies credit, even though they do have NYPD emblazoned across their chest. I'm like, they're a bunch of women from New York City who Uh have been given an opportunity to dance in public. They might do a really good job. 
they did not do a good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, one would assume that are they all cops? Is that oh yeah, they are really bad. God, I feel I almost feel bad. Like if they weren't doing this for the cops, like if this was just like a college dance performance or something, I would be like, ooh, you guys should have practiced this a little more before <laughs> doing it. Maybe they're well, just all cops, like lady cops, and this is just like because police off, always do this kind of stuff, like where there's like play basketball with a cop, uh, and uh-huh. just like you know after school basketball with kids or whatever just to like make them seem like human beings. <laughs> yeah. But this, like this of all things has the most like youth pastor energy of anything I've seen where they're like, what if we had a dance troupe? Yeah. Like what's next? Are you going to get cheerleaders in a fucking flag brigade? You're going to have fucking <laughs> baton twirlers around every time you arrest somebody. Like, why are you trying to glam up the fucking NYPD? Like, either just be the jackbooted thugs that you are or die. Like, that's yeah. it's a simple decision, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Now, that's the thing is, like, Eric Adams is like, it's it's the it's like a perfect uh, it's always a perfect metaphor for it's like the progression of, uh, you know, liberal, neoliberal fascism, police state kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. It's like you had the 80s where it was like. Rudy Giuliani was a Republican. He was like, we're going to do stop and frisk. We're going to clean up the streets, broken windows. And it was like pretty nakedly racist because it was just yeah. like, we'll just profile. And it's like, basically, if you're a black or brown person, we'll assume you have a gun and randomly frisk you. And it's like, there's no, there's basically no like material difference in how like Eric, someone like Eric Adams sees like policing the city. He was a cop himself. Yeah. Um, but he's like a black Democrat who claims he's vegan and is like, it's like all these sort of like woke trappings of like, Hey, look, now it's like you're voting for a Democrat who is a cop and he's like nice. And he, he cares about animals and you know, he cares about being healthy and it's all about like 21st century progressive values, but it's just, and then having a dance troupe or something, but then it's like the NYPD is the same organization. It is weird to see that kind of tailism because it used to be that like conservatives who wanted to fuck you right to your face had to pretend that they were like the cowboy party of the working class. Are you a rancher who drives a truck? You know, vote for us. We got your back, you know, blah, blah, blah kind of nonsense. But that tailism inverted where you're like, I'm literally a cop who's going to take away money from education and give it to more cops. But I'm like a fancy, feel-good, Silicon Valley vegan. I wear Patagonia yeah. sometimes. <laughs> like He does, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's such a fucked vibe that I think is only surpassed by Javier Malay, who already was weirder than Eric Adams. And then upon getting the presidency of Argentina was like, I'll just convert to Judaism to show my support for Israel. Oh yeah, I forgot he did that. I think he's the only one who is out clowning Adams right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually found an article on uh Pix11, which I think was like the, you know, daily local news channel that aired the clip of the uh dance team. Uh-huh. NYPD reacts to criticism over dance team. Um and it's, it says uh the captain of the dance team pointed out that the NYPD has other sports teams like basketball and volleyball. I don't know why they have a volleyball team. Okay. And she says, we're not looking to be professional dancers. Some of us have never danced before. Some of us have danced our whole lives. But we have to have choreography that's fit for everybody so that everybody feels comfortable doing what they want to do. And the I'm deputy- sorry. <laughs> if, if this is a hobby group for folks in the NYPD who want to blow off some steam because they <laughs> shot one too many dogs this week, uh, then keep it to yourself, okay? Keep it at the fucking station or at the <laughs> Y or wherever you do this fucking nonsense. Don't put it on the fucking Today Show or whatever this <laughs> local 
outlet equivalent of that is and then yeah. expect to not face any fucking criticism my sisters in christ you went on television <laughs> you were on tv <laughs> also the deputy Commi- commissioner of communications uh clarified the taxpayer dollars given to the nypd aren't used for the dance team so okay that's fine <laughs> the dance team is just a hobby horse. But uh, that raises the question, are taxpayer dollars funding the volleyball team? Yeah, they didn't say that. <laughs> I, I would like to know. Because volleyball, let's be clear, takes a lot more resources than dance does. No offense to dance. I took dance for 13 years. Perfectly good endeavor. Perfectly good pursuit. Not really resource intensive. Just kind of to, not at all. <laughs> I mean, especially watching these dances, like, I don't know if they hired a choreographer. I think they choreo- they made it up themselves. And like, I practiced. don't even think a lot of these ladies got into comfortable shoes first, frankly. <laughs> I think they're just kind of winging it. Like, <laughs> Does not look like it. Yeah, I also love, it's like, it, the first paragraph of the article or so covers the, uh, the backlash, and there was like, you know, AOC criticized it. Uh, there's someone on Twitter said, they closed New York City libraries on weekends. But then there was also... It says some conservative activists said, fire the NYPD dance team and hire more cops. So even people who love cops are like, stop wasting time with this bullshit and kill more black people. Get more cops hired. Make the cops bigger. I mean, that's like the thing that I hear a lot around here is like, I I live in a pretty conservative region, but still, Mm -hmm. it always shocks me when people are like, oh, yeah, man, I'm pro weed. I'm not racist. I think everybody should just get along. You know, I don't care about gay marriage. Gay people get married. That's fine. Don't care about trans people. They should just live their lives, whatever. Okay. You know what we need? We need more cops because mm. people, wow. are, people are getting burgled. And I'm like, what, what kind of alien fucking crack rock are you smoking right now? Like, what kind of, like, designer drug from Tuscaloosa did you get your fucking hands on? Because, <laughs> like, honestly, my bro, I'd love to be on a level where I think that more cops is a solution to anything because it's what we're going to get. So. that's true yeah if, if it helped things it was like wow great i can't wait for all the more cops we're gonna have constantly <laughs> we have a shitload i mean i think there's a lot more cops in new york city since eric adams got hired or at least he's having them be stationed in public more often because right. it feels like you can't walk into a subway station without seeing three cops always standing around and almost always on their phones i would imagine like playing candy crush or something and it's very funny because it's like wow you well, guys are really on the case. If somebody tries to push one of you over, you'll probably be there to beat the rest of the, like the rest of you can have his back. Um, and then otherwise, I don't know, like, are you even looking at anyone? Like what if someone commits a crime? Yeah. Well, it's like the, the scarecrowification of police. Like, no, mm, yeah. don't get me wrong. They're still fucking like brutal when they fucking actually act on something. But it is kind of funny that we're at this point in this country where it's like, it used to be you were scared if you saw a cop car with a cop in it or a cop walking around. Yeah. And yeah. now it's like, well, you know, I get worried when I see the empty cruiser. And then I realize that empty cruiser is always parked on the same busy stretch of highway during peak traffic every single fucking day. And it's literally just a scarecrow for people. And now Eric Adams is like, we need to make our police more visible. So everybody go stand at subway stations and busy intersections (laughs) so that you're more visible. But honestly, like, even if you believed in effective policing, that would actually be drastically lowering the coverage ability of the police officers that you have, which I suppose would benefit you is that you could then turn around and say, "Uh, look, we're stopping less crime than ever before. Please give us more money. I guess this is one of those situations where, like, you kind of work for the house and the house always wins. So you just always get more money no matter what. (laughs) Scarecrowification is such a good way to put it. It's like, I never thought of that, but it's like, I think that literally is the idea is it's just like, 
They should be there in uniform, like just to be like, better not commit any crimes at this station. Don't jump the turnstile and try to save three dollars <laughs> because they're there to fuck you up. Um, yeah, it's it's really insane. Yeah, super fucking crazy. Um, and as long as we're on wild shit that happens in New York, I suppose we should talk about this. Uh, this has been going around a little bit on Twitter, but there's a guy who for five years in New York City managed to live rent-free in a landmark Manhattan hotel by exploiting an obscure housing law. Okay. And this was a thing that I we commented on on the show when it first happened. We were like, congratulations to this guy for getting a free apartment in Manhattan in a fancy hotel, probably with, you know, amenities and everything. Who fucking knows? They probably yeah. stopped serving him after a while. But um, <laughs> He hasn't paid his room service bill in three years, and they're like, fool me 500 times. Shame <laughs> on me. No more for you. No more for you. Uh, but prosecutors said that Mickey Barretto went too far when he filed paperwork this week claiming ownership of the entire New Yorker hotel building and tried to charge another tenant rent, which takes this case <laughs> from being a based tenant occupying the space to being another case of an incredibly shitty fucking landlord trying to be a fucking parasite. And it's like, bro, come on, man. You tried to charge rent? You were already getting the deal of a fucking lifetime, and you wanted more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it, he was just uh, pretending that he owned the building? Like I said, he was going to be arrested for like false filing false paperwork? Like, yeah. Why would he pretend he owned it? Yeah, it says that he filed false property records. So I guess he tried to claim ownership. I'm not even 100% clear on what the initial loophole was that he exploited to get residency in this hotel. Yeah. I think the press is somewhat loath to tell us because we might all start fucking using it. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah, and they I mean, all live like, in fancy Manhattan condos. <laughs> yeah, we, get, we all figured, could figure it out. Yeah, I don't, it's like I'm not, you know... I don't have much of a mind for crime, but I feel like one of the crimes that would be like, there's no way this would work, would be the highest <laughs> on my list, would be pretending I owned a building and charging rent for it because someone could just be like, I don't believe you. I mean, it's like, for one thing, how are you actually going to get someone to pay you? Right. And then for another thing, the real property owner will eventually find out that someone's just living there that they don't want to be living there and evict them and sue you. Well, and the real property owner already has beef with you because you're living rent-free in their fucking building and have been for five years. So I don't really understand what you thought was going to happen when you poked this fucking bear that until this point <laughs> was probably sleeping just fine. <laughs> like, they had long <laughs> since given up on giving you the room yeah. and you had to turn around and be like, no, the whole building is mine. Like, this <laughs> is the most incredible brain. You know, the guy's last name is is uh, uh, Barreto, which does not uh, sound Dutch, but I'm going to give <laughs> it to this guy. This is an incredible case of Dutch brain, my friend. You're nailing it. <laughs> Yeah, this feels like you somehow like scammed your way into a really fancy buffet <laughs> without paying. And then you were like trying to turn around and charge other customers extra to get to the Sunday bar or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was actually reading um, like the, the it sounds I mean, it sounds like so brilliantly stupid the way he did it, um, because it says he had just moved to New York from Los Angeles when his boyfriend told him about a loophole that allows occupants of single rooms and buildings constructed before 1969 to demand a six month lease. <laughs> he uh, claimed that because he'd paid for a night in the hotel, he counted as a tenant. He asked okay. for a lease, and the hotel promptly kicked him out. He, so I went to court the next day. The judge denied. I oh. appealed to the state Supreme Court, and I won the appeal, he said, adding that at a crucial point in the case, lawyers for the building's owners didn't show up, allowing him to win by default. So that's great. Ah. Find a loophole that also has the 
you know, lawyers not show up. Like, I feel like they could probably just argue, like, he only stayed there one night and we're not a place that offers rent to anyone. Right. So we shouldn't have to give him a lease. So the judge ordered the hotel to give him a key. And then he lived there until July of 2023 without paying any rent because the building's owners never wanted to negotiate a lease with him, but they couldn't kick him out. Manhattan prosecutors acknowledge that the housing court gave Barreto possession of his room, but they say he didn't stop there. Oh, I see. It's like he got possession. And so then he, in 2019, made a fake deed and uploaded it to a city website purporting to transfer ownership of the entire building to himself. Bro, possession of the room is already like, this is a moonshot. Yeah. You have all, this is a guy who like puts it all. He takes his whole life savings to the to the to vegas and puts it all on not black or red all on one number <laughs> yeah. one he puts it all on 17 and he hits he hits 17 <laughs> and then he says you know what run it again <laughs> <laughs> double or nothing also not this just is double a- or nothing like 45 times or yeah nothing. why not <laughs> why not keep riding it also did you know this wrinkle that uh uh in 1976 the property was bought by the unification of world Christianity, the Mooney's church. They own this building. Yeah, they own this hotel. (laughs) I did know that they were a prominent New York landlord and actually one of the slumlords that was indicted in the big slumlord thing that happened a few years ago. Um, But no, I didn't (laughs) know that they previously had owned that building. That's really funny. (laughs) I think they do currently. It says they bought it in 1976. Oh, uh, so they are probably who didn't want to negotiate and whose mm -hmm. lawyers probably failed to show. This is making a lot of sense when you look at the leadership of the American branch of the movies <laughs> in particular over the last little while because I think it was I think it was the dad and then the son took mm-hmm. over when he died in the 90s so it still would have been the dad but the son is the one whose lawyers wouldn't have showed up to the, and the son is the one who wraps his king bullet head Oh, it's that guy. Okay. That's, that's the yeah. Mooney guy. Oh, and he, man. If you he can imagine the... anyone who would like forget to send, he would wake up at noon and be like, ah, oh, shit, I supposed to have my lawyer go to court. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that case will get thrown out anyway, probably. I'm the divine incarnation of holy fire on the planet Earth as incarnated through my golden gun, which I carry around with me in rap music videos. But also I forgot to send my lawyers to court and have to... <laughs> And had to give up a hotel room to a guy who just <laughs> wanted to live there until he got... This is the crazy thing. Okay, hold on. Because this guy, in in trying to double down and get the whole building, has outcrazied the Moonies. Yeah. <laughs> and I just... Only in New York City, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you make a good point that it's like one of the only differences between New York and Florida is like... There's more like high class, like business, high business, whatever finance stuff that happens here. So people are like, oh, yeah, you know, business people are there. And then also we just don't have like the sunshine laws that allow because mm-hmm. that's like the main thing about Florida, man, is that it's, I think Bryn made the metaphor before. It's like Russian dash cam footage. It's just right. like well, everyone in Russia has a dash cam. So you see more weird dash cam videos from there. And, and also Florida has like a chip on its shoulder about being relevant because they don't want to be just spring break and retirees and shit. But mm-hmm. Unlike, you know, New York, which is where half the media fucking lives anyway, they don't have a chip on their shoulder about anything. So uh-huh. they don't care. They're like, oh, it's something on something crazy happens in New York. Like a man could die on the street right in front of you and your average journalist would be like, whatever, it's Tuesday. But then if they hear <laughs> that a man randomly dies on the street in Orlando, they're like, Florida man dies on sidewalk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something about the people, in, I don't know, just like the vibe of Florida. They're like, oh, there's alligators, it's hot. They must all be on meth and going crazy. As if no one's doing meth in fucking New York. Probably yeah. half the financial district is like on meth right now. <laughs> 
Who was that? Uh, who? Who? Um, God, I'm embarrassing myself here. It wasn't Bataille who wrote America, where he said that America put its Orient in the West. Hold on, mm. I'm googling this now. Is it Alexander de Tocqueville, or is it after that guy? America by Jean Baudrillard. Why couldn't I remember uh, Baudrillard's Baudrillard. fucking name? Uh, but Baudrillard awesome. wrote a book about America in which he said that America put its Orient in the West, meaning mm. California. Yeah. And that line has always stuck with me. One, because it's kind of racist and, and yeah. belies like a mid-century understanding of how the world is structured. But two, it, to think that America does a type of cultural Orientalism to California is a really interesting notion and I, that I think could be expanded to include Florida in some respects. I, I would argue mm-hmm. that rather than New York City being the Occident in mm-hmm. comparison to California's Orient, it's actually Florida, which yeah. is the Occident, the two great poles of American culture, Miami and Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true because it's like Miami is one of the most like iconic cities in America, like one of the biggest um and it's like I don't actually know what like their it's not like I don't know what their industries are other than like nightlife and good weather. Feels yeah, like Florida cocaine. is mostly just yeah, cocaine and like being warm all the time if you want to have summer forever. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, uh, you know, one of these days I'd like to go down there and find out. I there are actually some pretty affordable hotels down in the Keys. Uh, nice. as long as you don't mind being on one of those little islands that the rich people don't care about. That's exactly <laughs> where I want to be. Yeah. So, you should try uh, the scam. Maybe in, in Florida you can like stay in a hotel for one night and then be like I want a lease. Give me a lease or a key. But then you have to live in Florida forever. Maybe. I don't know how well, much you What we need do to do is find establishments that are owned by weird cult-like churches that are either mm-hmm. based on like anti-communism or drug use and then hope that their lawyers don't show up to court at opportune times. This is <laughs> the plan going forward. Oh, maybe you could try to move into, uh, what is that name of the church we were talking about at the beginning of the episode? The Temple oh, yeah. of True Inner Light? You should see if they have like a... <laughs> a bunk bed somewhere and just like stay there for the night because you're too high and then be like now i want a key and i want to be able to stay here and also i'm the landlord (laughs) it's prime real estate just like redecorate it park now (laughs) (laughs) yeah you start trying to charge rent to people walking into central park from across the street high on acid the whole time too like (laughs) or or whatever dpt i guess that's that's the perfect crime (laughs) hell yeah well i'm gonna go commit the perfect crime but thank you so much for listening to bb bledis this week uh you can support us on patreon if you want twice as many episodes we're getting back to doing one of each every week so Mm -hmm. get ready for that in your fucking rss feed hop in the discord if you're not already in there listen to my other show work stoppage it's about labor and union news Bryn has a show called generation loss it's about tv and movies and other stuff and todd has a shop it's doomer.shop in your browser and we love you stay high goodbye Goodbye.